Well, I am so pleased that we are back on Wednesday um, for our services on Wednesday night. Um, and and just thrilled. Um, as you'll probably have seen in the news, Bullhead City and Fort Mojave and all the areas around had a uh, audacious storm, went through, knocked down over 250 poles, um, power poles, telephone poles, whatever they call them now. Um, anyway, um, we came through unscathed other than spending a couple days of very, very warm 115 degree temperatures without AC or fans or anything. So I wanted to begin, and I will tell you in advance that we are going to be in the book of Matthew. Um, in Matthew 26, 28, if you want to get a pencil and write them down, Matthew 26, 28, John 12, 31 through 33, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. Um, and then uh, it's, just listen real close and write them down because there's a bunch of them in here that I can't really name all at one time. I want to talk to you today. The Bible says, <clears throat> come, let us reason together. And there's something we have to, to reason together so that we are the victorious people that God wanted us to be. Um, that we are the victorious people and we were saved to be. Pleading the blood of Jesus Christ has been a, a part of faith of the old time religion uh, when they experienced attacks from the devil or needed a healing or, or, or a financial, marital, whatever it may be, they pled the blood of Jesus upon the, the, the person. Basically, it was a saint's report whenever any need arose in the old time church. And I'm talking not only Pentecostal, I'm talking Baptist, I'm talking, you know, Southern Baptist. It, it went through the through to all churches at one time. All the promises of the Bible for God's people were claimed by the pleading of the blood of Jesus Christ. This understanding has been lost for the most part throughout the churches of today. In a world of prosperity, preachers who tell you that God wants you to own a Rolls Royce, a miracle worker drawing thousands of people who want to see something happen, uh, much of the, of the vital truths of the Bible have been replaced by sensationalism. Searching studies of, of miraculous or pros, prosperous blessings through basically hype. Um, God does accomplish some sensational acts. Don't get me wrong. He, he is supernatural um, God. Um, and he does that sometimes. And he can, he can bless us and prosper us, but not all the time. Not on cue, if you will. But there's one thing that works all the time and is there for us all the time. And that is very simple. Basic truths concerning the cross at Calvary. The terms like pleading the blood or the power of the blood or cherishing the old rugged cross are, are all but lost today. When I, when I play that on the piano, very few know how to sing it. Who understands these things? Ask yourself what pleading of the blood really means. What does cherishing the old rugged cross mean to you? And what does power in the blood refer to? Every time I preach a sermon about the blood, a surge of boldness rises up inside of my heart and my soul to challenge any demon anytime and anywhere. 
to understand the power of the blood is to enter into the Christianity that lacks no power in any situation, any situation without pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. To plead, the dictionary says, means to advocate a case in court. It means to speak a favor of a certain decision or in favor of a certain decision. And in our case, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ means to point to the blood as our basis for the claiming whatever we need to claim as though we were in a court case where we claimed innocence based upon certain proofs. So to plead the blood means to claim rights to whatever we need through the blood of Jesus Christ. And all true Christians can do this. All true Christians can do this. True Christians baptized into, the, into Jesus' death by immersion can claim the blood of Christ. And this is so because the blood is embodiment of everything that is involved with the thought of Jesus' death. Everything that happened on Calvary, the death, hell, the grave, all of that is passed through our blood. And we're not talking, we're not pointing to some red fluid that flows through our veins of, of a body by being pumped by the heart. We're not talking about that kind of blood. The term the blood is representative of Jesus Christ's death. When we sing power in the blood, yes, there's power, power, wonder, working power. When we sing power in the blood, we're not pointing to gooey red thick liquid from the body. Blood in the body means life, and blood out of the body means death. In Matthew 26, 28, it says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of the sins. When we're immersed and we're baptized, we are immersed for the remission of sin. We're baptized to the remission of our sin, to let our old sin sinful life go away. And we go down into the water baptism, and we're resurrected as Christ was resurrected from the tomb. We're resurrected out of that baptism, a new creation through Jesus Christ. Notice that, that Jesus said the blood is shed, S-H-E-D, shed. That speaks of death, right? If your blood is shed, you, you, know, you may die. Jesus' death is different than anybody else's death. In the book of John, chapter 12, verse 31 through 33, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the, the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from earth, will draw all men or all mankind, I'm paraphrasing, unto me. This he said, signifying that death, he should die. So Jesus referred to his death as drawing all mankind unto himself. And yes, I'm paraphrasing. This means that his death would become the deaths of all people because we're dead in sin. We're born that way through Adam. People who believe that the gospel are people who were baptized unto Jesus and into Jesus' death and believe that his death became their deaths. We all heard people say that Jesus died for us. So what does that mean exactly? Is it that we don't have to die because he died for us? No, not at all. He died because we had to die of our sins. That darkness within had to die 
So you go down into the watery grave of baptism and you're resurrected as Christ was resurrected to a new life. In Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, and as it is appointed unto mankind, paraphrasing, once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because we have to die once. I want to get this point across. Because we have to die once. Christ died to bear our sins. Your sins. My sins. So he died because we had to all die. Not so that, that would we would not have to die physically but spiritually. In 2 Corinthians 5.14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. When the Bible says he, that he died for us, it concludes that God considers us to, be, to have died. In other words, there's an old song that says, um, that I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid the debt that I owed. When the Bible says for us, it means as us. He died as us, as mankind. And it means we experienced it through his experience. Dying for you and I means that we are dead. Our sin is dead. Once you accept Christ as your living savior he comes within your soul and lives in you it means we experienced it through his experience of death dying for you and i again means we're dead so now we must apply this truth to our lives today we do not re, re, uh, really believe something until we act on it right until we apply it to ourselves in everyday experiences so we need to plead the blood as we go through troubles and tribulations. We teach on this subject for a few weeks to, to really get this into our hearts. This is the guts of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me show you one example today. Your past passed away. Say it with me. Your past passed away. In 2 Corinthians, it says that we died. Through Jesus' death. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man, mankind, be in Christ, he is a new create, a new creature, excuse me. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. His passing away was our passing away, our sins being removed once you accept Christ. Paul and the apostles would not look at people after the flesh. In other words, he did not care about anything in their past involved. We were, we were all born after the flesh, and then we were all saved when we accept Christ. We were born after the Spirit. Paul only concerned himself with what was after the Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. If you were a murderer and got saved, Paul would not consider your past at all. The murderer died in Christ. 
Old things passed away and all things became new. When? When Christ passed away, when he died. All things become new through Christ when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So do not look at brothers and sisters after the flesh. The flesh we have is still the same flesh we had before we were saved. Our spirits are made new when we are saved, when we accept Christ as, as Savior and Lord. And after your human spirit is made new, you need to get his spirit into your spirit. You need to get his spirit into your spirit. In Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27, a new heart also will I give unto you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. There's the key. We need to keep his judgments and do them. We need to follow the word of God and live by it. New bottles are created to contain new wine. New wine is God's spirit. In Matthew 9, 17, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine hath run out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. You are a new creator, a new creation, excuse me, in Christ Jesus. Our minds, our souls are being renewed in times like this, uh, this right now, this broadcast, when we are hearing God's word being declared, Romans 12 and 2, and be not conformed to this world, be ye not conformed to this world, but ye be transferred by the renewing of their, your mind, that ye may prove that that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But the flesh is the same as it was before salvation. Many believers' minds are also the same, but they, they, can, they can be changed and renewed right now whereas the flesh cannot be changed now you are what you are except in christ when christ's blood covers you when you're cut when we plead the blood over you and you're covered in the blood of jesus god cannot see through that barrier of blood but it means you have to from that point on live by the word of god but since the flesh is still the same as it always will be it is easy to look at people after the flesh and connect that person's soul with a past experience that are really no longer a part of that soul since salvation. People look down on people for what they did instead of looking up at them for what they're doing. I hope that made sense to you. But do not look at people after the flesh. That's what it means. Do not look at people from their past. Look at them after the Spirit has come upon them and they're living for God according to what state their human spirit is in. And since God gives us a new spirit to, to them, put his spirit within us. And since all light, or excuse me, since all has passed away in our co-crucifixion with Jesus Christ, we must look at the people in that light and with no connections to their past. Quit judging. Who are you to judge? Stop judging people. You don't know their life. You don't know anything about them except what you gossiped or what you heard. And that's in itself is a sin, by the way. No matter what embarrassing or shameful past you may have had, listen to me, true mature believers do not even consider it. So that it has a twofold ring for it. No matter how embarrassing or shameful your past may have been, okay, 
you're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And true mature believers, that's out to the other side, do not even consider it or should not. It passed away. Did you not hear God's word? Are your words greater than God's? Then why do you gossip about other people? It passed away. It's buried. It's gone. In 2 Corinthians 5.16, Wherefore, henceforth, know we know man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any person, I'm going to say person, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, be in Christ, they are a new creature or a new creation, some Bibles say, uh, some of the more modern Bibles. A new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Paul did not even look at Jesus after the flesh, because before the crucifixion. For then he was humbled and meek and a servant. But now he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and he sits on the throne next to God. The only link you have to your past in, re in, in reality is not that it is so much a part of you that you will never be free from it. Your only link is, is the recorded memory of it in your mind. That is all the connection that you ever have to your past. The, that's why I always say the past is the past is the past. Let it be the past. Leave it alone. Let it go. Live for the future with God. That's all the connection you have to it. If all things are passed away, then they are no longer part of you. And that refers to all of your past. When memories that get you down start to plague your mind, plead the blood of Jesus. The devil will throw such thoughts at you. Oh, you're no good. Look at your past. We don't look at your past. We look at your future with God. And many times you throw them back up to yourself. You tell yourself you're no good. You tell yourself this and that. Stop it. You're a child of God now. So plead the blood of Jesus as you claim your right to, to not be pestered by those thoughts anymore. Don't let, let, don't let your own thoughts stray you from God's word and living a, a, a godly life. You have a right to be free of condemnation from the past on the basis of the death of Jesus Christ. That became your death when you were baptized into it, making it no longer a part of you. Are you listening to me? church for you are now a new creation in christ jesus say it with me a new creation in christ jesus recently made fresh recent unused unworn the greek for uh, the greek word for new means fresh and unworn so your life is unworn your past can have nothing to do with you now because of what you are now is unwarned through Christ Jesus. It's unused. Your old used up existence, wore, worn out by sin and made old by evil, is gone. And you now have an existence that you never wore before the cross of Jesus Christ. You never carried this new existence into anything sinful from your past. <coughs> Excuse me. It's alienated from your past. And the life and all its baggage you used to carry is gone. And the death of Jesus Christ destroyed that old person, that old man, that old woman, that old person. 
is passed away, and behold, all things became new in your life. In Romans 6 and 6, knowing this, that your old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Crucified, destroyed. In Jeremiah 31, 33, but this shall be, I better slow down. In Jeremiah 31, 33, excuse me, but this, it's exciting to be in the word of God. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God. And they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them and to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. No wonder we will not remember their sin anymore. We, he destroyed who they were crucified, who they used to be. That covenant is the new covenant with Christ Jesus. In Hebrews 2, verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with the glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, all mankind, in other words. He tasted death for every person. And death is the end of a lifetime. It's the end of all of its experiences. He tasted the end of all your past as you. That means in God's eyes, your past is destroyed and you are free from all, all sin. You're free from all the past. So you begin anew. How many people get a second chance to begin a new life? Think about it. Plead the blood of Jesus when your past torments your mind. Just say it. Hey, I plead the blood. Stop thinking about it. Claim your freedom from it based upon the death of, of Christ that caused your old life to be destroyed. And destroying evidence means that nothing is left to convict a person. Not only was your evidence of sins destroyed, but, but you were destroyed on the cross with Jesus or in Jesus Christ. And who you are now is a person who did not ex exist prior to baptism into the death. The cross is not something we can we can uh, came across halfway through our lives. That kind of talk is void of what the Bible teaches about the cross. We, we were born crucified. We were born crucified. It's the beginning of our lives, not something that can occur halfway through your lifetime. It's the end of one life and the beginning of a new life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only way that your past can affect you is if you dwell on the recording of it in your memory. But I hear recordings of singers who have died. They no longer exist. And I know that 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 you know that you listen to the music of a singer from the 30s who died several years ago. And that is something that seems alive right now. But is it, 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 it's only a recording. The person no longer exists, nor even sings anymore. We need to think like, like um, that when it comes to the memories of, of, of our past. We need to think about that. Your past can only affect you according to how much you doubt or are aware of the destruction of the old man of the cross through Christ's death. They're, they're no longer a part of your actual ex existence right now. You're a new creation. 
So if you link your present existence to your destroyed past, then you you are the problem here. You're the one that has the problem. I said this before and wish to repeat it again. It is so powerful. Glory to God. It is so powerful. Living by faith is seeing yourself as God sees you. If you take something that is not part of, of you anymore and think it still is a part of you, as you try to remove the grief of the past, you're getting to the truth of the cross into your heart. One saved person tried destroying all pictures of oneself from one's past in order to psychologically remove all guilt and bad memories of one's past. That is resulting from one still linking the past to the present Christian life. It is against the teaching of the Bible. It contradicts the word revelation of the cross. I'm not ashamed of the things I did in the past because they were, they are, they're not a part of me any longer. So why should I be ashamed of them? I don't remember them. That's not me. That was someone else before I accepted Christ. But the person to whom they belonged is gone. He's gone. The old has passed away. And behold, we see the new. All things become new. The one to be ashamed is dead and gone. Why are you, why are you sitting there recognizing someone who is gone? Someone else tried going into a past through memory regression trying to find out why they acted like they they do today due to the past influence. The past is no longer a part of, of us any longer. The cross at Calvary cut it off. All things mean everything. Everything from our past lives, is, lives is, is passed away and buried. You passed away and was buried at the cross at Calvary. Yes, you still have the, the recording of, of life. But it's all according to how you deal with it. Now that you have it, if you understand that that it's only like a recording and it's not alive anymore within you and that person is not present with you, then it will not condemn you. Yes, I'm speaking to you. All the condemnation your old life deserved was wrought out upon Christ on the cross. That's the reason Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the judgment of this world. In John chapter 12, when he spoke of his death, my judgment already occurred for the things of my past. So you plead the blood of Jesus when those thoughts torment you. Lay claim to your death in Christ when he died. It's your right to be guilt-free living today. And you have a right. Plead your case by the blood of Jesus Christ. Stand upon the proof. That proof is the way you live now, your actions. See, I rebuke this thought and I refuse to allow it to torment me because I stand upon the fact that I and all those past experiences died with Christ 2,000 years ago. And I claim my right to, to freedom from guilt of the past due to the cross and of the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, due to my baptism into Jesus' death, making it my death, and the death cuts off at entire life with all its past failures. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Satan, every demon, every angel, and especially God, knows what the blood of Jesus means. 
Now you didn't you need to know what it means. It's a death that drew all people into it him to experience his death and to claim the ramifications of him being dead. Notice the ramifications, Romans 6 and 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8 says that we are dead with Christ. Some say dead in Christ. Romans 6, 8, now if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him as well. Live with Christ. Walk with Christ. Be Christ-like. Everything that is Jesus's since he died is ours since we joined to him in his death. That's the reason we read that Christ dies no more and is free from death's dominion since he died once already. Go to Romans chapter 6, and I'm in closing. Romans chapter 6, 9 through 10. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died into sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. But verse 8 says that we are dead with him or dead in him. Therefore, we read in Romans 6 and 11, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. At a, at a little um, liner note uh, to the recording of your past in your memory, all of this belongs to a dead person who doesn't exist any longer. Put that in your memory. Just put it up there right now. Reckon yourselves to be dead in sin. Because verse 7 says, He that is dead is freed from sin and free from your past. You look back on your past and you get worried about future troubles because in your past and old, you could not deal with those things. But in the past, the old you did not have God like the new you has God now. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, praise the Lord. If if we be, if we can just believe the Bible enough, our past will absolutely lay no claim nor effect upon our lives today whatsoever. Now we have strength that we never had before. Remember, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have strength that we had never had before. We have Jesus Christ. Before you knew him, he hung on a cross. That's all you knew. And in in our old lives, basically we, we looked at it as a dead man hanging on a cross. That's all. But the Holy Spirit was there pushing you towards Jesus, pushing you ever so slight towards Jesus until one time you accepted Christ. Now the Holy Spirit walks before you, guiding you, directing you, living a godly life through Jesus Christ. Did you fret in your old life when certain troubles came? You did not have Christ then. How could you succeed? But things are different now. For today, you walk with Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you. If you do not know Jesus Christ, seek out a Bible-believing church in your area and begin to attend. Find the answer and let your past go and live your life by pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. 
and live happy in the Lord. God bless. Have a wonderful evening.